Welcome to Advancing PM&R, a podcast from the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, hosted by Dr. Michelle Gittler and Dr. Prakash Jayabalan. Well, hello and welcome to our listeners to Advancing PM&R, our podcast from the AAPM&R, talking about all things PM&R and physiatry related. I'm Prakash J. Balan, and my co-host is Dr. Michelle Gittler. Michelle, I hope you had a great week since we last chatted. I did. I did. I got to play in the lake and pick some tomatoes. These are the things one must do at the end of August in Chicago. How about you? I had a great week. I was on call last weekend, which was fun. And then just clearing up summer, the end of summer is kind of a Sad time, as you know, in Chicago, as we look forward to fall and then the freezing tundra of the winter here. But anyway, we'll get through that. But speaking of winter, we obviously have the annual assembly coming up in November of this year, which is very exciting in New Orleans, of course. What are you most looking forward to about the annual assembly, Michelle? All right, so I always love the gratuitous learning, but what I'm really looking forward to is going back to this restaurant called The Turkey and the Wolf that has the most amazing vegetarian Reuben sandwiches. It's about a mile and a half away from the convention center. Totally funky, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to eating with friends, learning a bunch of stuff, and maybe reassuring myself that you know, I'm not a wackadoodle in my practice. How about you? <laughs> There's several cool restaurants, obviously, in New Orleans, so I'm looking forward to that. But just, you know, meeting my friends across the country, reconnecting with mentees, going to many of the great talks and sessions at the AAPMNR. Very excited about that. And then, obviously, the big president's reception at the Superdome. I'm really excited about that as well. I've been telling everyone about that and everyone's like what you're English you don't even play American football so what do you know about that so anyway I'm very much looking forward to that and excited (laughs) about that so with that said I'm really excited for you to introduce our guest on our podcast today and I'll hand it over to you Michelle as I know you have a very close relationship with our guest today well I am just thrilled to be able to introduce Dr. Vivanti Jones and let me say Vivanti I cannot believe it has been over five years. Didn't you just graduate? Vavanti is currently an assistant professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation at the University of Missouri in Columbia. Vavanti does all things neuro and neuromuscular as well as general rehabilitation and is spearheading diversity and inclusion. I think not just for the department, but I think you're doing it in the medical school, but you'll, you'll tell us all about that. And then my disclosure, of course, is that Vivanti graduated from the Schwab residency program a little over five years ago. And like I said, oh my God, but I'm so incredibly proud of what you've done, what you're doing currently on the diversity and inclusion committee for the academy. And I believe you're the incoming chair of the African-American physiatrist member community. Incredible that you are doing so much in, I guess, what seems like such a short time, just one short pandemic ago. So before we talk a little bit about how you got to where you are, let's just talk about right now, warm up your voice and tell us what are the things that you love doing outside of medicine right now in Missouri. 
what I like to do here, I love movies. So I like going to the theater and seeing some of the big shows, but as you mentioned, the pandemic has changed a lot of how moviegoers go. So now I'm a big on kind of online streaming services, watching my movies there in the comfort of my own home. That's my biggest thing. But where I am in Missouri, there's a lot of open space and outdoors. So just getting out to be able to walk around or roll on some of the trails is exciting for me. Wonderful. So I think we're going to ask you a little bit about your training and, you know, I'll just plug my fingers in my ears and say, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think everybody wants to understand everyone else's journey. So, you know, tell us, how, how did you get into PMNR? So I always say I had no idea what PMNR was at all going into medical school. Never heard of it. When I went to medical school, I thought I was going to be an OB. I like the excitement of catching babies. That's something that I always wanted to do when I was young. And so I said, hey, let's go into med school and plan on doing that. But for me, my journey was a little bit different because things changed for me while I was in medical school. And it made me realize that maybe waking up at five in the morning or four in the morning or being on call and having to come at different times of the day was not going to be my thing. Uh, so one of the things that kind of happened right before my senior year in college, actually, I realized that I was having some difficulty with mobility and I was having some falls and we decided to figure out what was going on. And so I finally went to go see a neurologist and I got diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. So it's always an interesting story. I got diagnosed and I said, well, am I even going to do medical school or am I going to go try to live my life and do something maybe a little fun and less strenuous maybe but ultimately i've wanted to be a physician for as long as i've known my dad told me the first time i said i wanted to be a doctor was when i was four and that's probably the first time i could verbalize it i probably wanted to be for much longer than that um so we decided that i wasn't going to stunt my career deciding on something that may or may not happen and i was going to go to medical school so when i got into medical school and i started to you know, later on in my career, I have some mobility challenges where I got a scooter and I got my cane and I started to say, well, maybe this fast paced life of surgery and being on call is not for me, but let's find something that I liked. So really on an orthopedic rotation, my third year, I was trying to avoid the OR as much as possible. Did not want to put on those heavy suits. I didn't like the idea of bone saws or any of that stuff. And so we sat down as we were planning on what would be uh, reasonable for me to do in the, the OR, that setting. We said, oh, okay, well, we can do hand surgery. That's kind of cool and sitting down. And that's not as strenuous, I would say, as big joint surgeries. But there's this other thing called PM&R. I was like, well, what is that? What do you mean? And they were like, well, this is kind of a sports and spine PM&R. So I went to medical school actually at WashU in St. Louis. So had an opportunity to do this rotation with Dr. Prather there, Heidi Prather and Devani Hunt. And I loved it. We had some opportunities from taking care of athletes to taking care of elderly individuals with joint pain and also do some injections and EMGs. And I thought, oh, well, this is really cool. 
They also did some performing arts medicine. So we had people from the traveling Lion King show come through and we had opportunities to see them. And so I thought this was cool, but they said, well, this is only part of Pam and R. Let's figure out what else there is to it. And so when I was on my neurology block, I decided to do a Pam and R inpatient uh, elective. So that gave me a lot of opportunity to be with people with spinal cord injuries and strokes. And I realized being over in that hospital, I was like, these are my people. This is what I love. I love being able to spend time with individuals, get to know them, maybe some of their families, and actually see the improvements. So that's kind of how I fell into PM&R. And Vavanti, thanks so much for that. And now obviously you transitioned into residency. And tell me how you did residency at Schwab. How was residency? And you can be as honest as you want about the chair of your department. Just pretend she's not on this podcast right now, but I want to hear all the dirt on her as well. I was like, what do I say about Michelle Gittler? Well, I always say it's always interesting how I came to be up at Schwab, because I'll be honest, when I was picking my programs, I didn't want to go somewhere cold. I don't think I really want to go somewhere cold, even though it's a great program. I was like, I don't know if I can do winter. (laughs) I'm originally from North Carolina, so we get a little cold, but nowhere near Chicago. But the funniest story of how I got there is that actually my initial interview for Schwab was canceled. So back when we were interviewing, we actually had a polar vortex come through here in St. Louis. It shut down all the airports and nobody was able to get through. And so ultimately they canceled our interview day. And I thought, well, they're just going to say, well, we're not going to do it. We've already interviewed enough people. But because everybody basically couldn't get to the airport, they decided to redo the interview day. And when they redid the interview day, unbeknownst to me, what ultimately became one of my closest friends and co-chief was on that same interview day, Ankur Verma. So we both interviewed the last day and then we ranked our programs and then got called up to Schwab. So it was kind of interesting how that happened. The I would say the best thing about that program, I love the fact that we were more of a kind of small to mid-sized program, I guess we would say. So you really had an opportunity to get to know the people that you're working with. We're in the same room every day, became good friends with a lot of the people there, and we supported each other. I was like the best thing. So the funny thing about this, and I actually was talking to Letty, who's our program coordinator. She made a comment online about something. It was that we did not have a cafeteria in our hospital. We're a freestanding rehab hospital. We don't have any kind of cafeteria. And so the way that they would feed us is they gave us some money and they said, let's go to like Costco, Sam's Club and pick up food and fill this refrigerator. But the best thing about it is every class is different in what they put in the fridge. So you had these healthy classes that came with fruits and veggies and all these kinds of things. And then you had my class that was like, let me get frozen pizzas, frozen chicken wings because this is how we survive here. And I'm not walking across the street in negative degree weather to the main hospital to eat. So I think that was one of the fun things about being at Schwab, (laughs) outside of just having wonderful um, attending physicians who really love what they were doing and gave us a lot of opportunity to see a variety of um, different pathologies. And obviously you've been 
very successful to date in everything that you've done. You were a chief resident at Schwab. We have medical students listening into this podcast. What do you think makes a successful resident in PMNR residency? What do you think that one would look I think for? the biggest thing is being very open and open to learning and all different experiences because even very small things can help you in your future education, but also in your future of taking care of patients. So I think being successful is going in, I know a lot of people, they know when they come into residency that they might wanna do pain, they might wanna do sports, some might need to, wanna do peds, but having your mind open because you're gonna to have to go through a lot of different experiences before you get down to the nitty gritty of what you you know, actually want to do or hope to do a lot. So keeping your eyes open, learning on your own as possible, and then just using the variety of different experiences that your different attendings have. The thing about Schwab is that I always saw this a community program. We're attached to Mount Sinai, but we also have these connections with multiple different hospitals throughout Chicago. So not only were we at Mount Sinai, which I consider a safety net hospital, so we get the individuals who are poor or underinsured and having to learn how to make a way and be able to use your imagination to make equipment or get equipment for these individuals who can't have it. So working at other hospitals like North Shore, where people have probably too much insurance and more money and are able to pay for fancier things. So we got a lot of different experiences in these different areas. And I think it's important where you go to be able to connect with all people. That's fantastic advice. And then as you then went into your role model early career physiatrist, what sort of advice would you give someone who's making that transition into being an early career physiatrist and an attending physiatrist? And of course, you also moved from inner city Chicago to Columbia, Missouri. That is a big move. How was that as well as you made that move, as well as trying to be a successful attending? Well, I say the move is very different in the fact that, well, I'm from North Carolina. I'm from Durham, North Carolina. A lot of my family are in the eastern part of the state, which is also much more rural area. So coming down, not to say that Columbia is necessarily that rural, because we do have two major healthcare systems here and the big university, but it definitely was a change from even St. Louis and Chicago. I don't have a train system and a limited bus system here, <laughs> but I have more space and I can afford a house, <laughs> which you might not can do in Chicago. <laughs> they might be sucking condo land, but I also can't walk. Well, where I decide to live, I can't really walk to the stores or walk to some of the bigger events that things in town. So I have to have a car. So it's kind of the balances of the two. I really like Chicago. I just don't like winter. So that's what ran me away. Not to say that Columbia is not cold in the winter. No, no. I, I mean, as I shared on the last podcast, I went to Columbia for my PhD and I met my wife there. So I have wonderful memories. I also made a big move from London to Columbia. So I can certainly understand that move, but what a wonderful place to work. And then, as I mentioned, that transition into being an early career physiatrist, how was that for you? And what things that you've done to make yourself successful at this point? Well, I think the first thing just coming out of residency and, and coming into being an attending, it is, I would say, shock and awe in a way. Yes, you've learned a lot of these things. Yes, you've had some training. I, I think the benefit of Schwab when I was there is that we had a subacute unit that was primarily ran by the fourth year students. So it gave me a lot more independence, which I don't think everybody has that experience with the independence of running 
more independence over the inpatient unit, but it's still just so much to learn. And that different places do things differently as far as medication sometimes, as far as equipment and tools. And so really coming in that first day saying, hey, let's learn what you have here and what we can use this to grow not only our department and where we're working, but also work out and grow in our community. Because I think it's important to build some community bonds as well, because that will help your patients as they leave from where you are. So biggest thing, you know, your first year coming out is I'm also just trying to pass boards at this point. (laughs) I started right after I took part one, but part two, you know, studying for that is important. Trying to get through that and just reading and learning from your colleagues. I went into academics. So the benefit of being academics here is that, again, this is also a smaller department. So I could ask the more, we would call these more attending attendings than me if there are any other questions that came out. So finding some people that can mentor you, are willing to answer your questions, and willing to experiment with you sometimes on what the flow will be. Vivanti, speaking of flow, you've been kind of like a river. You don't go straight. You know, things happen and you change course. And I, I thought it might be nice if people heard a little bit about your course change, because you didn't intend to go straight to an attending role. You had maybe a fellowship in mind and then changed your mind. So yeah, when I initially came out, I thought I was going to do a neuromuscular fellowship because I was interested in taking care of people with neuromuscular diseases, more like the muscular dystrophy, as I mentioned, I have. So I initially applied kind of to a fellowship. And I would say, Now with the Neuromuscular Fellowship, it's much more standardized than what it was when I was applying. And so when I was applying, it was more reaching out to a lot of different departments. And at the time, PM&R only had one Neuromuscular Fellowship that was PM&R based. And so when I was applying, it just didn't work out well enough to be able to have a spot at a place where I needed to go or wanted to go. And But I still had this interest in Neuromuscular. So Actually, what ended up happening for me is that I always tell people I came to the University of Missouri on a dare in some way, because if anybody knows Greg Worserwitz, who was our department chair at the time, you know, he's a very charismatic individual that popped up when I went to an AAPMNR conference and I was just going for the job fair and he popped up and was like, you don't know anything about Missouri. And I was like, what? (laughs) So just to prove him wrong, I came down here for an interview and actually loved it because what he offered me was the opportunity to collaborate with neurology in their neuromuscular clinic without requiring me to do a full fellowship. And so I had discussions with the neurologist at that time who was in the neuromuscular clinic and they wanted other people there. And he appreciated the expertise that PM&R could bring to that type of role. And so ultimately I said, well, if I'm not going to do a fellowship, but it's still able to work with this population, this is how I'm going to do it. And you did, you grabbed it, but it's not enough that you go to a new city where you don't know anybody and you have a new job where you're kind of inventing it. You also have been spearheading a lot of the diversity and inclusion initiatives at Mizzou. Can you talk a little bit about how those opportunities unfolded and how you went after them or how they came after you? Sure. So when I initially came to the University of Missouri, there was Dr. Muhammad Aga, 
who was here and wanted to kind of initiate some diversity and inclusion activities and more thoughtfulness here in the department, but hadn't been able to fully pull everything together. And so when I got here, we were able to kind of collaborate. And what we ultimately did was establish the Diversity and Inclusion Committee here in the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. So with working directly with him, we were able to really come up with what our mission in the department is in addressing uh, DNI issues. And so we thought that it was very important as our department to recognize how these DNI topics affected the patients that we're taking care of, but also how we kind of interact with our community as a whole. And so together we came up with what our department's mission was, but also how we were doing different activities here to encourage people from different backgrounds to come. And just in follow-up, how would you encourage other people to kind of reach out a little bit beyond just what the clinical role is as a new young attending? I mean, there's always opportunities. What would you tell people? I think the biggest thing is find something that you're passionate about outside of the clinical medicine and look in your community and see where those connections can be. So in my case, I have always been interested in teaching. So I always knew in some ways the academic aspect of teaching, but also helping volunteering for the younger generation. So in my case, I always, in medical school, I did volunteering where we taught anatomy to high school students or middle school students, and I liked that idea. And so when I was out here, I decided to look for those type of volunteer experiences. And we have something here that's called the Caleb Science Club. It's actually established by one of the previous internal medicine physicians, Dr. Ellis Ingram, where he actually has a program set up designed for middle and high school students, where he invites medical students and faculty to come and teach the students and participate in those activities. And so that gave me a chance to work with him on that aspect. But then also within the School of Medicine, they also had other outreach programs for students. And so I became more involved there as well. Ravanti, I don't know how you do it all. You probably don't sleep very much, I'm guessing. No, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) I really don't. I'm so impressed. It's incredible. So then what do you do other than movies? What do you do in your free time? How do you unwind after a long work day? What is your pastimes? What's your hobbies? What do you do socially in Colombia? So I like food. So finding great places to eat is an option for me. So I actually found this really great place called Cafe Berlin who has a wonderful breakfast. They have something that's called like the Butch Jones which is literally basically a pancake that is bacon and egg wrapped in a pancake covered with cinnamon apples. And there's like some sausage in there too. It is like the best thing in the world to me, but it is like thousands of calories, but I love it. (laughs) So that's kind of fun with me too. I also like to, you know, read in my spare time. Um, I'm a book person, so anything fiction. Um, I like reading to you. So that keeps me exciting. And then I like to travel. So I actually went, well, I like to travel, but I like other people to pay for it. So um, I just went to London <laughs> for the first time for a neuromuscular meeting. So 
that gave me opportunity to go explore and my family actually came with me. Did you try any Indian food in London? I did not try any Indian oh, food. I was only time. there a short period of time. But. Next time. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And then the other question I wanted to ask you was just what surprised you when you moved that move from Chicago, like you were mentioning to Columbia? What do you think surprised you about Columbia that you weren't anticipating you would enjoy? Hmm. What surprised me is SEC football. Okay, because I'm not a big college football fan and people are like hardcore down here for, well, SEC sports period. These people are hardcore down here. Oh, there's no doubt about that. That's totally true. <laughs> is there anything that you feel we missed that you wanted to talk about? Advice for students, residents, early career folks, any other physiatrists that is going to be listening to this podcast that you wanted to double down on or speak about, Vavanti? I always say, they always tell you at the beginning, you can say yes to a lot of things and then start narrowing down what you want to do. Because as a new person coming in, I feel that there are people always at your door asking you to join committees and do a lot of things. And sometimes it can be a lot. So being okay with saying no every now and then will be helpful for your sanity. And then just finding the things that you love and focusing on that too. So I think I liked meeting people and students. So I joined the admissions committee. So I was on the School of Medicine admission committee for a couple of years. This was my last year, but that gave me a chance to also have a hand in shaping the medical students that come here with hopes where here in Missouri, where we're a state school, hopes that our residents come from that population too. And we get a good mix of individuals who can take care of all types of patients here in central Missouri is important for us and go out into the other areas and take care of those patients too. So just knowing, I think for everyone, there'll be a lot of opportunities out there. Don't be afraid to say yes, but don't be afraid to say no sometimes too. Vivanti, we are so glad you didn't say no to us. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You have, you have to tell them. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. It's so fun to hear what you're doing and see you reflecting. And, you know, I'm quelling, you know, to see how, just how, how much you've done. We also want to thank everybody who's listening to this and ask if there are other people who you think we should hear their stories, let us know. Thank you again. And Prakash, as always, it's a joy to be with you. Thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you so much, Vavanti. And look forward to the next time. Look forward to future conversations on Advancing PMNR. Thank you.